Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Well, here we are at the first Sunday of Advent, and it's always my prayer that this service of worship gives you strength and courage for the living of these days. May you find peace and some hope and some peace and some comfort as well as challenge here today. Well, I don't think that I'm the only one finding myself crying out to God periodically through the day in anguish about the contents of this difficult decade so far. We started out with a contested election and a global pandemic, which has resulted in over 7 million worldwide deaths. We watched in horror as Russia invaded Ukraine, and we lament the ongoing war, seemingly with no end in sight. And meanwhile, the the world has suffered tremendous global disasters, floods, earthquakes, hurricanes, and fires so bad in Canada last summer that the East Coast was apocalyptically blanketed and choking smoke for a few days. I witnessed this firsthand. Phoenix saw the hottest summer on record with 31 consecutive days reaching 110 or above. And then a mass of salt water from the Gulf of Mexico um, infiltrated the drought-stricken Mississippi River and the situation is threatening drinking water supplies and causing angst among farmers who rely on the river for irrigation. And then on October 7th, when Hamas launched its attacks in Israel, it precipitated this war that has embroiled and inflamed the Middle East. And we we worry that China might take advantage of, of our distraction and invade Taiwan, and that North Korea might try to cross the DMZ and, and take South Korea. And you would think that sinful humanity would learn after all these years that Violence only begets more violence. And amid all of these global catastrophes, many of us are navigating life's personal trials, difficult jobs, transitions, aging parents, health issues, caring for loved ones who fall, missing loved ones serving in the military. We mourn the passing of friends and family. Some are exhausted and worried about their own health and We worry about the viability of our beloved church in the future, and we heartily miss the glory days of times gone by. And so in the quiet of my home, my daily laments to God go something like Isaiah's opening in our Old Testament scripture this morning, that you would tear open the heavens and come down My United Church of Christ calendar that I depend on daily aptly themes this Sunday, Where Are You, God? Where are you, God? I ask all the time. It's me, Sandy. And now you are no doubt saying, Sandy, you're really a Debbie Downer today. I come here for some inspiration and some hope. Come on, we're moving into the Christmas season. It's the first Sunday of Advent. And I say, stay with me, because hope you shall have. Now, our passage from Isaiah today is a prayer. 
It's a lament. Israel was acknowledging that God seemed to be hidden from the people. But what do writers of laments often do? Well, the Spirit then moves them from lament to memory. And they go on to recount where God has broken in, where God has indeed come down. And they remind themselves and their hearers and readers of when God did awesome deeds in the past. Isaiah and other uh, Hebrew Bible writers after lament then go on to recall history. When God did come down and mountains quaked and parted the waters of the sea. And by doing so, Isaiah tells us all that just as God came down in the past, God will come down again and make the world stand up and take notice. It will happen. Injustice will not go on forever. There will be peace on earth one day. In fact, we can have that peace today precisely to the degree that we follow the way of Jesus. We can practice peace in our own spheres of influence. It's just that much of the world hasn't tried the self-giving way of Jesus yet, anyway. Instead, our egos prompt us to draw hard lines and, and black and white poles. But we can start practicing the peace we pray for. It has to begin with us as the song goes. And let it begin with me. Well, yes, Advent is a time that we remember and celebrate Christ first and, in, and historical inbreaking into the world as a humble baby in a manger. But in these early weeks of Advent, we remind one another that Jesus will have the last word at the culmination of the age. We trust that through him, God will one day herald a new and peaceful age where the wolf shall live with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them as it says in Isaiah 11 verse 6. And so we sigh and we, we ask when? When will that peace come? And then the lectionary also prescribes the whole scripture in Mark um, 13. It's very familiar when Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour of his return. You know, the one that says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Be on guard, be alert. Jesus wants us to be on guard and alert as we wait. He doesn't want us passively waiting. Oh, but waiting is hard. It is, but the question is really, how do we pass the time as we wait? What, what do we do? How do we get through the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, through the troughs and pits of life, that endless cycle of bad news? Well, Paul has a few words for this in our First Corinthians scripture today. He tells us that in every way we have been enriched in Jesus, in speech and knowledge of every kind. He reminds us that we're not lacking any spiritual gift as we wait for Jesus' revealing. He reminds us that we will be strengthened to the end, be that our own death or the end of the age, and that we will be blameless and I think that's some hope-filled good news right there. 
blameless. You know, in Jesus, all sin is taken care of, and we're free. We're set free to offer our spiritual gifts. We're set free to free others. The Gospels all testify to this. Our spiritual gifts, you know, are the things that we are most apt to do, the things we're called to exercise as we wait. Our gifts drive our particular Christian service. What is your spiritual gift? I don't think Paul's list of them anywhere is exhaustive. You know, Paul's list was gifts of faith and wisdom, teaching, miracles, healing, prophecies, discernment, speaking, and discernment of tongues. But I believe there are so many more. And some of you, your spiritual gifts involve your art, evidenced in your vibrant arts council. All I have to do is look at the paintings in this church, and I hear and see how you enrich worship with art and then music. And we have marimbas, piano, harp, and some of you now have gifts of hospitality or, or teaching. When I visited the Women of Faith group right here a few months ago, a few of you have put together this enriching program on Germany, and I saw you loving one another through all of that, teaching and dancing together and honoring one another. Some of you are in the medical profession. You're healers. You who play music and soothe people's souls are also healers. You who cook casseroles for others when they're sick or you stop by and listen deeply or organize food or supply drives and, and visit in prisons like my co-pastor does. Those of you who run recovery groups and grief groups and care for this campus and pray for one another, you are waiting with character, enervated by God's strength, biding time constructively, waiting for a better day for the return of the Prince of Peace, whatever that will look like, and for the culmination of all things. We have much to do in this troubled time, this time between times, where the kingdom is here already, but not completely yet. Paul knew this. He was forever writing to people engaged in quarrels and scandalous conduct, but he states that they will be blameless, and he reminds them of their strength in Christ. We all have hope, even in this most difficult of decades. We all have work to do as we pray, even as we pray when we get overwhelmed, that God would tear open the heavens and come down and straighten this whole mess out. But here is the challenge for us today. We have a bit of heaven to bring here ourselves in the meantime while we wait. We serve. We may be somebody's story of hope, the story of someone's peace. Today, it's no coincidence that we lit that first candle for hope, and next week we light that candle for peace. So I want to share with you this profound story of hope, which I heard this past October while sharing a table in, of all places, Costco's cafe, while waiting for my tires to be rotated. 
it gets better. <laughs> I just had dropped my car off for a 5,000 mile tire rotation per the terms of my tire warranty. And the service tech said it would take two and a half hours because there were lots of people in front of me. So go inside, he said, get a $1.50 hot dog and a soda and relax. By the way, he went on, celebrity Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, is there signing tequila bottles today. Well, it was approaching lunch hour. The tables were full. Uh, the line stretched out the door to see Marky Mark. The big carts were blocking my access to the tables anyway, and they were full. And from this vantage point, Costco, hot dog, pizza, and chicken bake eaters had a fine view of Mark Wahlberg signing bottles of Flecka Azul tequila. And, the, you know, as I said, the line stretched all the way out the door, and here I am, hot dog and soda in hand. I navigated my way to a table where a lovely woman, whom I guessed to be roughly my age, was sitting, and I asked her if I could share her table, because there was no other place to sit, and she said, of course, I'm always one to share. And I thanked her, and I sat down, and we began to chat as she was waiting for her new tires to be installed. And we found out that we live about a mile away from one another in Scottsdale. And I learned that she was a runner and an educator and had a poodle and was a woman of faith. She went on to tell me, when she was only 38 years old, she was diagnosed with colorectal cancer, stage four. And it had also gotten into a portion of her lungs. My ears perked up. My own father was diagnosed with colon cancer at age 38. She said that her oncologist, whom she would recommend to anyone, only ever met her queries, and you know what those queries were, with this, this one sentence, we are going for the cure. He did not predict death or even discuss with her how much time she had left. He just kept telling her, we are going for the cure. And he gave her much hope. And, and as she went through surgery and chemo and radiation, fighting for her life and fighting so that she could be there for her young children, and I was amazed that she had been stage four, and here she was in front of me, radiating health and beauty. 22 years later, children all grown up, and all I could say was, wow, how did you get through all of that? I managed to ask her, and her, her, her answer was simple. I had hope. My doctor and my God both gave me hope. She went on, it was only a few years later when my doctor finally admitted to me that I was much sicker than he originally let on. But she told me, I'm glad he kept pointing me to hope. Because of that, I fought harder, and I prayed harder, and I stayed focused on being present and living each day in a spirit of gratitude and looking for all that was going well instead of focusing on what was going poorly. And here I am all these years later. And now, she told me, I advocate for people going through colorectal cancer. I give them hope. I educate them about looking for the signs and getting screened. I have a new mission that emerged out of all I went through. 
And before I knew it, two and a half hours had gone by, Marky Mark and his entourage had left, and we both got calls indicating our cars were ready. And so I reflected as I drove home. She got through the hell of cancer treatment because she had hope. Her doctor gave her hope. And I think this is why so many Bible passages, today's included, remind us that things will not always be the way they currently are. Like my new friend's doctor, our God gives us hope. Jesus gives us hope and an example of how to make the world better. Our God, too, is ultimately going for the cure. Now, Isaiah, who lived 740 years before Christ, also prayed that at the, prayed that at the end of our passage today for, for God not to be angry and not to remember the people's iniquity forever. He had hoped that God would forgive the people's sin, which had led them so astray and for which they were suffering natural consequences. Paul, writing, of course, after Jesus' death and resurrection, assures us in our first Corinthians passage that all the people will be blameless through the strength of Christ. And that's why he greets them with the words, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul redirects the Corinthians' focus from themselves to God and to Christ. He begins by reminding them of the grace and peace they have received. Because of Christ, we don't have to be bound by iniquity anymore. Now you need to understand that's really good news. We're under grace, and that surely gives us peace, ultimate peace. If we keep the focus on ourselves and forget that God is in the equation, we can deprive ourselves of the hope God wants for us and for the whole world. Over and over in our Bibles, God's people are admonished to wait. Remember, it's we who are in the flow of time, not God. If we keep our eyes on the news headlines and forget the eternal promises of God, we will stay in fear. Isaiah looks back through history and reminds the people, even in his lament, that God has always been faithful. Nothing we can do can cancel that. God continues to call us, all of us, into partnership with God's Son. God has given us spiritual gifts and the strength to use them so that we can wait creatively and with purpose for the culmination of all things. Meanwhile, Jesus calls us to stay alert. We hold on to hope, the hope of peace and and for the healing of everything. Make no mistake, God is at work even in the midst of the chaos that we create. May we therefore wait with hope for peace, all the while exercising our gifts and doing our part. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society